0: The contents of the lab report are meant for educational purposes only and are not meant to be misconstrued as medical diagnosis or treatment advice. Today on the lab report, what in the world is the gut-brain axis?
1: Or is it the brain-gut axis? Hmm. The world of medicine can be challenging. Clinicians and patients are always looking for more options, more effective treatments, and in the end, More answers. Functional and integrative medicine focuses on addressing root causes of disease. Here at Genova Diagnostics, we've watched this field evolve and grow for over 35 years. We've not only adapted, we've led. Join us as we talk about functional medicine, laboratory testing, and optimizing health. Welcome to The Lab Report. How's that rib? It's actually better. It took three days, though.
0: That's... That's pretty good for a rib. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> Hello. Hey,
1: Michael Chapman.
0: How goes it, Patty Devers? It's
1: going well. My rib is better.
0: That's excellent. That's excellent news.
1: Thank you. And welcome to the lab report. Minimal
0: impact to the exercise I as know. well, huh? I know. I know. Only three days. That's not bad. I know. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. I'm right back at it. That's right. Anyway, this is a podcast by Genova Diagnostics, where we talk about things like functional medicine, specialty lab testing, and integrative therapeutics, and a little something that we call the like. <laughs>
1: Well, if you like this show, thank you. And we'd really be thankful if you went to iTunes or Spotify and subscribed or rated and reviewed, download. Full of the things. Feedback, yeah.
0: Yeah, that would be much appreciated. That helps the show. That helps spread the word about all the work that uh, we're occasionally doing here. (laughs) And uh, yeah, that's just, uh, it's really nice to see your guys' comments. And if you have more comments that you'd like to share, you can always email them to podcast at gdx.net. If you have a question, you know, maybe a, something pops into your head. And like a like, question of the day? Oh, yeah. I mean, it could be of any day, really. Okay. And uh, it, just email that to podcast at net.
1: You know what else? We've been getting some really great emails around topics people would like us to cover or ideas for guests. So feel free to give us any kind of feedback like that. We'll check it all out.
0: Yep. That helps. And that has helped to create some of the content. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that, that's much appreciated. All of that. And your engagement is welcome. So, Speaking of engagement, I just had this thought the other day, um, kind of a random thought. I was... You have a lot of those. Well, it's just, it's Go laborious ahead. sometimes. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, so I was thinking about the vegetable kohlrabi. Why? I don't know.
1: Were or you it eating just, it? No. Oh, no, right. I,
0: I think I, maybe just I have passed daydreaming,
1: it. thinking about it. Yeah, it's oh, a okay. funny
0: name. It's a funny word, right? Kohlrabi okay. is is it's just I don't know where that came from. I'm sorry if I'm offending Kohlrabi, uh, but Alienating. the the next the very next thought that I had was Nat King Kohlrabi. Wow! So I literally just I vegetableized his name. And I was thinking, you know, th- this might be a fun game. Like, did let's- this take you
1: down the road of vegetabilization of names? It did, yeah. And I okay. was thinking,
0: you know, like maybe we can have people if they have their their own ideas. I like this. And they would like to share them with us. Um, they can they can submit their own vegetableized names to podcast at gdx.net.
1: Like Okra Winfrey. Yeah, like
0: that's perfect. That's fantastic. Okay. And, uh, you know, or you know, Hallie Blueberry. Tina Turnip. Right, right. So you get the idea. Okay. Um, Benedict
1: Cucumber Batch. Nice, nice. I'm on a roll. (laughs) I like this game. I'm going to start emailing. So today you're talking about top down, bottom up. I'm all confused. Speaking of questions, and
0: speaking of getting uh, the question of the day, I was there was a question of the day that came through. Okay. And so, uh, you know, actually, seeing as it just came through, I'm going to go ahead and... (laughs) Out of the way early.
1: Wow. Starting the show with a jingle? I like it. Question, question, question. It's the question, question, question of the day. Question, 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 question.
0: It's the question, question,
1: question of the day.
0: Yammy Davis Jr. Good morning. That's an interesting one. Um, It's the fancy one. (laughs) It's the fancy one. So we, I I received this question the other day. I just just thought it was really interesting. Okay. Shout out to the brand managers at Ortho Molecular. Because we talk about starting in the gut. Uh When in doubt, treat the gut, right? Mm -hmm. And you can start with a stool test. But we've also talked a lot about the gut brain axis Mm -hmm. and how much connectivity there is between what's going on in your brain and the gut and vice versa. Uh, And then we've also talked about the clinical utility of HPA axis dysfunction and all the things that are related to HPA axis dysfunction, how it affects your hormones, your sex hormones, your thyroid. Like, it's a big deal, right? Okay. And so the question that I received was, well, what's your orientation? Do you start with the brain or do you start with the gut? Do you start top down or do you start bottom up? And this was like, this hit me. I was like, man, this is like a... It's like a fireball question, (laughs) you know, at the end of the day. I was like, I couldn't even, it stopped me in my tracks. All right, all right.
1: Let me see if I can. Embers
0: everywhere. Let
1: let me just parse through some of this, Elvis parsley. So we know that this is a bidirectional axis, the gut brain axis, right? Let's just start there. Number two, notoriously, when you and I have had debates about things in the past, we've done almost 70 shows. We've had 70 shows. Yeah. There are some debates. And if it's something that, you know, what if it's both or it's like a chicken or the egg? You notoriously solved the chicken and the egg problem by talking about something called a pre-egg, which I'm not yeah. even getting into, or the, or pre-chicken. the pre-chicken, which yeah. is actually the egg. Right, right. You might want to go back and review that and how Michael Chapman solves some of these conundrums that actually it don't out, have an answer. Turns out
0: it wasn't that hard. No.
1: <laughs> it okay. It's well, I Well, I look at this question as kind of similar because... You can ask anyone. Someone will say brain. Someone will say gut. Most people will say it depends. Most people will say you do both at the same time because it's so, they're so intermingled and there is this bidirectional axis. It's tricky.
0: Well, maybe we should talk a little bit more about that. Maybe we should explain that because you're talking about this axis. So what's going on? Like how, okay, gut-brain axis... Whatever, <laughs> I've heard of such a thing, but fake I don't. Uh, this is that's fake right. news. This is real. <laughs> but how is this working? Like, what what is going on in your gut that affects what's going on in your brain? Like, give me an example. Papaya Angelou. See what I did there?
1: I saw it. So first, let's just back up a little bit and say that there's an enteric nervous system, the ENS, okay. and then there's the central nervous system in your brain. Okay. And we're talking about the connection between the two. And in all reality, it really is the microbiome kind of connecting the two, the bacteria in your gut. OK, sending signals.
0: Wait, wait, wait. So you're telling me <laughs> you're telling me that there's bugs in the gut. That's right. right. OK. I'm just coming to terms with that <laughs> part of it. But these bugs are actually stimulating, or they're doing something to affect nerves. You're now, now you're telling me there's a bunch of nerves in the gut, the <laughs> entire nervous system.: That's right. <laughs> And am I putting on a good role right now?
1: I'm like, you're just coming to terms with the fact that there's bugs in the gut after <laughs> 70 episodes. <laughs>
0: okay, maybe I'm putting on a bit of a character.
1: Okay, go ahead.
0: And so these bugs are affecting the enteric nervous system. How are they doing that?
1: Well, what one? there's many mechanisms, but one mechanism involves the vagus nerve, which you know starts up in your brain, goes all the way down the back of your thorax yeah. to your abdomen. It's a long nerve. Yeah. It's, it's kind of everywhere. Remember, we talked about the vagus nerve with Brad Lichtenstein. Uh, how could I forget? That's right. And what they're finding is that... There's the, two of them,
0: <laughs> polyvagals.
1: That's right. And what they're finding that is that the vagus nerve... There's actually, really two of them. It transmits information from the inside luminal environment of your gut up to your brain.
0: Okay. How, like, so I think this is a really important point. Okay. When you're talking about the gut-brain axis, mm-hmm. we're talking about how the, the microbiome... ultimately is affecting your central nervous system Mm -hmm. and your enteric nervous system and your brain function. And that is crazy. It is. right. Like, should we have a moment of silence for just the profundity (laughs) of that knowledge that the bugs in your gut are actually having an effect on your central nervous system? Mm
1: -hmm. Beat Midler.
0: Very good. Okay, so what are the ways... So you talked about they can stimulate the vagus nervous system, is that mm-hmm. the only thing? I, I also think about what are what are some of the other things that bugs can do? Like for example, don't they make neurotransmitters?
1: Yeah, actually they make a lot of our neurotransmitters.
0: They make things like serotonin and GABA, even things like epinephrine and norepinephrine, I believe, is that correct? Yep, and okay.
1: BDNF. It's
0: BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor, we can never forget about BDNF. Mm-hmm. And those then enter circulation. They go across the luminal membrane. They enter circulation and can have an effect in our systemic regulation and our mood.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: So the bugs in your gut are making neurotransmitters. Surprise.
1: And affecting your mood. Crazy. And a lot of things in your brain. Crazy. You need another moment? You okay? I think I'm good. Okay. Well, the other piece of this is that some of the things the bugs make, which, you know, we've done a whole episode on that, short-chain fatty acids, for example. Mm. Remember, we talked about the bacteria ferment fiber to make these short-chain fatty acids, things like butyric acid, propionic, acetic acid. These actually directly stimulate the sympathetic nervous systems themselves. Also can cause serotonin to be released and influence your memory and learning.
0: So gut bacterial metabolites. That's right. Those also have systemic action. I think there's something about propionate as well where that's been associated with different, uh, perhaps different psychological aspects, maybe ADD, ADHD, Mm -hmm. symptomatology, at least in animal models, um, which is really, really interesting as well, uh, how propionic acid might have a little bit of a central nervous system regulatory ability. And I wouldn't be surprised to find that some of these others have similar. Russell Crowe.
1: We also talk a lot about dysbiosis and patterns of these commensal bacteria, Sure, right? And we also know that when there's a dysbiotic pattern of commensal bacteria, it can modulate the barrier of the intestine. We did a whole episode here on increased intestinal permeability and in those tight junctions. And in that episode, we talked about how it upregulates the immune response, but how does this relate to the brain? Well,
0: it relates in a couple different ways that I'm aware of. So the first thing is that if you have a dysbiosis or you have something that's causing increased intestinal permeability, what you're going to find is that's going to lead to uh, a, gr- a greater transition, um, a greater movement of particles, undigested food, mm-hmm. things like that, across the lumen. That's going to stimulate inflammation locally, and that can impact the nerves, the enteric nervous system. It can cause blunting and some sort of dysfunction there. So you're having an impact from a neuro Uh, neuroanatomical perspective. Mm -hmm. But then also what we find is that these bacteria can directly stimulate our immune system, uh, B cells, T T cells, and what they cause is uh, cytokine release, Mm -hmm. which then can actually travel throughout the system and have effects on neurons themselves. So you get this twofold effect where you're having a neuroanatomical effect through the Uh, through the problems with intestinal permeability and the immune system's involvement uh, as it's responding to the the bacteria.
1: Okay. Well, after all of that, excellent explanation of some of these mechanisms. Right. Let's
0: summarize the mechanisms. Mm -hmm. We've got the neuroanatomical through its impacts on the vagus nerve affecting the enteric nervous system and therefore the central nervous system. You've got its impacts on the immune system, its impacts on the intestinal permeability, and the fact that it's making a whole bunch of things. It's making neurotransmitters, short-chain fatty acids, and all right. this. That's a lot of ways that the gut microbiome is impacting your nervous system.
1: Okay, well, I think then we just answered the question. So clearly you start with the gut, and you're right. These questions are far easier wait than we thought. Wait a minute. Oh, wait, what? wait,
0: wait, wait. What? This axis is two-directional, right? And oh, look, Okay. I, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the brain's involvement because, you know, just as a bit of a pastime, I originally studied neuropsychology, was uh, my undergrad major, and it's one of the reasons why I entered into this field. I love talking about the brain.
1: All right. Let's give it, let's let's give it a Let's talk
0: a little bit about the brain's impact. Well,
1: do you remember back when we did the episode on the HPA axis, the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis?
0: Is this a trick question?
1: No. I was just wondering in general if you remembered it. Plead the fifth? We had some discussion there about how a lot of the HP axis is in your brain, the hypothalamus and the pituitary, and it secretes things like corticotropin releasing hormone, right? Right. And we talked about how high levels of cortisol, high high levels of cortisol cortisol releasing hormone, corticotropin releasing hormone, actually directly cause intestinal permeability. Yeah,
0: through mast cell degranulation, through histamine release.
1: Is it also true that cortisol, and corticotropin-releasing hormone directly affect the patterns of bacteria, the commensal bacteria.
0: Patty, let me let you in on a little secret here.
1: Is it about Channing Potatum?
0: No, it's not about him, nor is it about Portobello Fitzgerald. Go ahead. Stress is bad. (laughs) Shocking. It's really bad, and it's bad for your microbiome as well. Hmm. One interesting tidbit, even short stressors like a stressor that lasts two hours can significantly change the profile and reduce the relative mm. proportions of main microbiome phyla, that's meaning scary. Yeah, yeah. And long-term stressors can have a huge effect on the overall biomass and mm-hmm. the diversity. Wow, and that's been demonstrated in studies. So, this is this is top-down effects on your microbiome. Yes, it absolutely can can change the composition.
1: Well, speaking of another top-down, we know that the brain kind of modulates a lot of things, a lot of functions in our body, specifically in your gut, things like motility or the secretion of acids or mucus or how your intestine handles fluid shifts. And we know that also stress can change the quality and size of the mucus layer itself
0: right and what that ends up doing is it changes the delivery of nutrients you know things like fiber what Uh you've been eating it changes the delivery of that to the microbiome and there's different there's changes in overall hormonal signaling within the mucus layer and and elsewhere in the lumen of the gut that is going to select for different bacteria over others there's also a molecule called alpha-defensin that can hmm. be released in response to stress that actually targets, it's an antimicrobial peptide, it targets different bacteria. So it can actually change through, through stress the, the composition of your microbiome.
1: Isn't there something about cortisol or the stress response changing the virulence Are causing increased virulence or increasing the promoting pathogenicity
0: through norepinephrine and Mm -hmm. epinephrine. So through our uh, catecholamines, actually, it's been shown that certain bacteria become more virulent. Things like Campylobacter, pseudomonas. So uh, that's super interesting as well. E. coli pathogenic forms of E. coli. So um, that's that's another way that stress can have an effect. So as I said at the top, stress is bad.
1: Well, now you've convinced me. Yeah, we should start with the brain. Yeah.
0: I mean that's that's what that was my goal for this whole episode anyway.
1: Well, wait, just earlier we were both convinced you start with the gut.
0: So here's the thing.
1: This is back to the chicken and egg thing. <laughs> we solve this quickly for us, Michael. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, wise one. So
0: here's how it goes. Uh huh. I am of the opinion that right, but this is a bidirectional system, and so you certainly need to be focusing on both ends of the system. The top-down approach with respect to stress because we said that the main thing that's causing a lot of these changes is stress, Mm -hmm. right, in the stress system. Uh, From the bottom up, it's the microbiome. So we need to be talking about all the things to make sure that we have a healthy, diverse microbiome. So what are we doing in our patients most of the time? And are we addressing both of those things? I think that's where we can improve as clinicians because to be frank, I I think a lot of us are understanding the importance of gut health and gut function, and we do start with the gut. And perhaps we realize that stress is outside of our wheelhouse in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And it's challenging to have a patient recover from, oftentimes. So, but, but uh, unless it, you would, unless you take both
1: at the same time, you're really just chasing your tail, then, right? Like if you're just focusing on the gut and not addressing that the stressor or the HPA axis or what's going on in the brain, yeah, it's really you're really not helping anything long term.
0: Yeah, you might be putting a bandaid on the situation. Right. Uh, you know, if you're trying to do all these gut repair protocols, especially if you have something that's not working, right? If you have protocols that are not working. From a GI perspective, then look towards the HPA axis, look towards stress, uh, because these could be undoing the good work that you're trying to do. Charlie Chaplin.
1: Wow. There is one other thing, Michael. What's that? There's some research being done around something called psychobiotics.
0: Sounds frightening. I stopped watching scary movies, <laughs> so I, uh, well. I don't know if I want to hear about this.
1: <laughs> Well, it's kind of this new burgeoning field. And what they're trying to study is whether or not specific strains of probiotics or specific prebiotics can alter mood.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. And we're thinking that there's a lot of different mechanisms to which they could be doing that. Right. And yeah. we just discussed all the mechanisms that they could theoretically impact mood. Uh What's what's one of the ones that's being studied? Well,
1: there's, like, there's a several mouse mal- mal- studies that talked about lactobacillus rhamnosus uh-huh. and increasing GABA and altering specific neurotransmitters in your brain. But again, these are rodent studies. And although there's a lot of research around this and using specific strains of probiotics, in all actuality, in a systemic review of all the literature, there's really not a lot of very strong evidence for positive outcomes.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's so tricky when we're talking to, about supplementation with a single uh, bacterial that's strain right. because th- you know how well that that's really taking hold, how well that that's interacting with the other members of the microbiome. It's um, it's just uh, a needle in the haystack, right. really, at the end right. of the day. So it's it's tricky.
1: But I'm just putting it out there that there is some study around psychobiotics. No, yeah, I'm not term. sure where it's gonna go. Right, but it's. Out there.
0: Yeah, it's super interesting. I, I love the term too, and it, it <laughs> does it does give a little bit of hope and optimism for uh, maybe some interventions that will be a little bit more efficacious and mm-hmm. have less side effects in the future. So
1: yeah. Well, given all of that,, uh-huh. we do work here at Genova Diagnostics, right? Correct. And with all of this discussion on the gut brain axis, Perhaps we should bring this back to actual testing.
0: Yeah, that's a good idea. So, um, wh- where would you we start? do we test for both of these things, mm-hmm. right? We're talking about stress, and we have a, a test called the, HPA, the ASP, Adrenal Cortex Stress Profile, which is an evaluation of HPA axis function. It's cortisol and DHEA. Um, and so, that's one way that we would be able to test what we're talking about from the top down. Mm-hmm. What about from the bottom up?
1: Well, we have the flagship product here at Genova called the GIFX. Which is super comprehensive. We look at some of the commensal bacteria. We actually synthesize some of that information into various dysbiosis patterns. We're also looking at inflammation, immunology, digestion, absorption, and the entire Whoa. microbiome. Wow, that is an Dude. amazing test. So imagine if you did both of those tests, you'd have tons of information.
0: Would you do both of them at the same time?
1: Some people do, and I think it's important because they because we know they're both so interdependent on each other, and it is a bi-directional axis, they can really influence each other. So in my mind, again, this is just me, if you did them on the same day or you did them together, you'd get a lot of really important information there.
0: Yeah, and I think some people will do multiple tests at the first visit, and it makes a lot of sense to do these two in combo, Um, maybe even compared to other things, just because of that influence that it has systemically in general. Um, You know, you can also, I guess treat every patient differently and do some (laughs) personalized medicine.
1: The old functional medicine thing.
0: (laughs) You know, you can sort of determine what what your suspicion is, Mm -hmm. where your suspicions lie. And and sometimes, you know, you can, by getting a good thorough history, have more suspicion around stress um, and maybe somebody else, you have more suspicion around microbiome, dysbiosis, or gut function. But
1: that all being said, remember when we talked about the HPA axis and we talked about how... Patients can fool you. Oh yeah. Right? Like you have a patient in front of you like Michael Chapman who just looks cool, calm, collected in Midwestern. Yes. And but inside the, it's in chaos. It's
0: just a this mayhem. Right. It's madness. And so <laughs> testing yeah, can help. Yeah. And absolutely my <laughs> ASP results demonstrate <laughs> the chaos within, despite the cool exterior. So yeah, you're totally right about right. that. Right.
1: And stress can come in a lot of different forms like we talked about. There can be metabolic stress or toxins. So it's always important to keep these things in mind, especially knowing the bi directionality of the Gut brain axis.
0: Good use of the word bi directionality. Thank you.
1: Proud. Thank you. There you go.
0: Next time on the lab report, Dr. Casey Means.
1: Yeah, we're going to talk all about plant based diets and continuous glucose monitoring.
0: Yeah, and she pretty much has done everything.
1: Yeah, she's real smart. Yeah. You've been listening to the lab report. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, rate us, and leave us a review. To learn more about Genova Diagnostics, visit our website at gdx.net. There you'll find information on specific testing, educational resources, and how to connect with our show. Call us at 1-800-522-4762 or email us at podcast at gdx.net. Okay, so in this vegetabilization game you're playing here, what if it's someone like Carrot Top whose actual name is a vegetable?
0: Disqualified. Really? Yeah, doesn't count. Mm. Too easy. (laughs) Now, if you find another person with that particular setup, then I'll give Uh you a a dinger for it.
1: Hmm. Paul Saladino.
0: (laughs) That dude's a genius. I know. He doesn't want any part of this game.
1: No, no.